to another episode of Parminio. The first 100 days, a plan of action for the chief of staff. Now, anytime you're starting a new role or you have a new partner and you're in a new organization, especially as the chief of staff, it is a new beginning. In a beginning is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct. And that's a quote from Frank Herbert, the legendary author of the Dune um, science fiction series of books. And before writing Dune, Frank Herbert had done a lot of research and studying on ecological systems, ecosystems, and the balance of nature and man. And when things get out of balance, obviously, can cause grave problems. And such, we want to have a harmony with nature. We want to have a harmony with our ecosystems. We want to have a harmony with our fellow man around us. When we're starting in the role of the chief of staff, we have to have a certain harmony and balance with the yin and the yang, the competing energy forces. And these forces are, on the one hand, we have to have a bias for action. We have to be taking action to get things done within the organization and moving forward on our partner's agenda. Because if we don't do that, of course, a sense of progress will be lost, anxiety will set in, uncertainty will set in, confidence will erode. So we have to be getting things done. On the other hand, we also have to be building sustainability into ourselves and within the organization. We have to be learning about the organization. We have to immerse ourselves within the agenda of the CEO. We have to build a trusting relationship with our partner. And in order to do these things, we have to take specific actions to accelerate our learning. So we have to have a careful balance as we're moving through the first 100 days. And that's what we're gonna be talking about on this episode of the podcast, is building a plan of action for the first 100 days that has both a bias for action, building momentum and getting things done, as well as immersing ourselves and learning about the organization, about our partner, about the agenda that we are implementing and moving forward. So that's what we're gonna do on this episode of the podcast. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into a few sections. First of all, we're gonna talk about why have a plan? What, what does a plan do for us? Secondly, we're gonna give an example of FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's first 100 days as president of the United States, just to kind of look and reflect on what his administration accomplished and what it meant to the United States of America. Third, we're going to get into a balanced plan for the first 100 days, a framework about how you can approach it that balances both immersion and learning and sustenance and a definitive bias for action and results. And as we're doing those two things, as we're learning and as we're taking action to get results, we can be behaving in specific ways that develop and build trusting relationships, that build a psychological safety within the organization that leads to higher performing teams, and behaving in ways that are inspirational and motivating to the people around us. So those are specific behaviors that we can do and integrate within everything we do. 
All right, let's take it back to the beginning here. So why have a plan? Well, it does a number of things. We're gonna go through four specific things. First of all, it builds credibility. I am demonstrating my knowledge about the role of the chief of staff. I'm putting together a framework about how I approach it when I get into the role. So I'm building credibility with my partner, with other people within the organization. I have definitive ideas about how to approach this role. That gives me a greater sense of credibility. Number two, I build confidence. I'm giving confidence to myself because I have knowledge of how the role works and what needs to be done. My partner gets confidence because they see that I can take appropriate actions to move forward in the role. The organization, my partner's direct reports, builds confidence in them as well and decreases uncertainty about what I am doing in the role. Number three, builds motivation and commitment. As I'm developing goals and I am developing objectives and measuring them as I go forward, I'm increasing my commitment to achieving them. I'm increasing the commitment of those around me and I'm motivating myself and others because we have clear goals that are articulated and measured. And fourth and finally, momentum. As we're getting wins, we're building greater confidence and we're building momentum. We're getting the wind at our back. We have to do that for both ourselves as the chief of staff and as the chief advocate of the agenda of our partners in implementing that. So four things, we're building credibility, we're building confidence, we're building motivation and we're gaining momentum as we move forward. And momentum is important it inspires, it builds confidence, and it lifts all the boats around us. Now let's just look through an example now on FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's first 100 days. Um, we know that when FDR was going into office that the, the United States of America was reeling, was coming off the Great Depression. FDR had to do a lot of things to inspire a future positive vision state so that people could be uh, motivated and inspired and have a belief that the United States could move to a better place. And that's just what FDR did. So let's just look at some of his accomplishments. First of all, in his first 100 days, he gave over 100 speeches that articulated that vision, that articulated that future state where he wanted to lead the United States and the people of the United States too. 10 speeches, that's a lot of energy. He's bringing energy to the country. He's sharing and articulating a shared vision and he's talking about how we're going to do it. So on the backs of that, his administration implemented 15 major laws within the first 30 days, quite an accomplishment. He also gave two press briefings and held two cabinet meetings per week. Again, to give a sense of urgency, to bring positive energy, to build momentum. And of course, we know that resulted in 15 major laws enacted. And one other thing that his administration did was sponsored an international conference of countries. So if you look at the things that FDR brought to the table, the actions and the results of the things that he did, um, it inspired confidence, it built momentum, it motivated people and inspired people to lift them out of their, their doldrums and raise their spirits. That positive energy had a very positive effect 
on the United States moving forward. So we know from these examples of presidential administrations when they get into the White House, they want to have a 100-day plan for all these reasons. And that's why we're doing this here as well. Again, gain, gain credibility, build confidence, build motivation, and build momentum to go forward to implement the agenda of our partners and the CEO. All right, so let's go into a plan of action here. Now, this is gonna be a balanced plan. Remember, we're balancing the yin and the yang here. And it's gonna be a balanced plan between immersion and learning and taking action and getting results. So, let's just talk about the immersion and learning first. We've talked about the agenda of the CEO on a number of recent podcasts. And on some of those podcasts, we discussed different methodologies that you can employ to accelerate your learning, to immerse yourself within the agenda of the CEO, to understand and gain implicit, tacit knowledge about how your partner thinks, what frustrates them, how and why they behave, why they make decisions the way they do, so that we can be better advocates better proxies and represent them and make decisions as appropriate and prioritize as appropriate to implement their agenda as effectively as possible. All right, so we're gonna go through four techniques and four learning methods that you can use to better immerse and accelerate your learning in the first 100 days. Number one, I can do a CEO or a partner interview on their agenda. And their agenda, again, is vision, values, their objectives, their measures, or you can use Benioff's V2 Mom. We've talked about that. And what I've done is I've put together a interview protocol, interview guide, so to speak, that has questions that delve into each of those sections, vision, values, objectives, and um, measures so that I can gain a greater clarity and understanding of how my partner really thinks about each of these things. And by the way, that interview protocol is going to be a part of the mini book of the agenda of the CEO. So anybody here who wants to download that can take it, make it their own, edit it, etc. And out of that interview, I'm also going to be gaining deeper insights into their vision as they articulate it and their values and what's important to them. But out of that is also I want to come is what are the important things that they want me to achieve within the first 90 days. And that could be things like, hey, we are a younger organization, we're growing fast, and we need to implement OKRs here. So I want you to implement OKRs within the next 60 to 90 days. So that could be one key objective that I have to take action on and deliver. Um, another one could be that my partner is going to be doing a lot of road shows. Perhaps we're doing an IPO or another funding round and they're gonna be very busy pitching investors. And they need me to be a much uh, they need me to take a much greater role in terms of being a delegate or a proxy for them um, in the next um, 60 or 90 days as well. So part of the plan might be really making sure that I'm getting up to speed to represent them as appropriate. So that conversation that I'm having with my partner um, in doing that interview is going to yield specific objectives and measurable results that I am going to start measuring 
weekly, daily as we move forward. So that's a significant outcome of that exercise. Number two, um, after I do my deep dive interviews and talk to my partner, um, we'll probably be talking about shadowing and shadowing the CEO is another method that I can use to accelerate my learning, to immerse myself in my partner's behaviors, how they think, how they think about decisions, what's valuable to them. I can watch them in action. I can observe how they interact with other people. And so it's an important method that you can use to accelerate your learning and immerse yourself within your partner's thinking. And we did a shadowing of the CEO podcast. We talked about the seven steps you can use to set yourself up for a successful shadowing engagement. And again, um, part of shadowing it also involves scheduling. So we're taking a look at the schedule the week ahead, where to shadow, where to be an observer, where to be a participant. We're discussing how to, um, at the end of the week, how the prior week went, and then looking at the next week. And as a part of that, we can also be doing other things. I could be talking about things where I need to um, engage and, and, and do some pre-work so I can prep my partner for an upcoming meeting. Um, it could be that I have to prepare some materials for an upcoming meeting. So scheduling starts to fit into the shadowing of the CEO exercise as well. And within the shadowing, I also want to clarify some issues around transparency with my boss. How transparent do they want to be with me? Do they want me to see all their work emails? What kind of phone conversations do they want me in? What kind of phone conversations are off limits? Where's my physical seating proximity to my partner? We want to cover those transparency issues when we're talking about shadowing. So shadowing is the second methodology I can use to accelerate my learning. Number three, is the agenda alignment project. So this gets back to the CEO agenda and alignment within the organization. We just talked about this on another podcast. This is a qualitative research project where I'm going to be talking and interviewing some key people in the organization to discern and understand the alignment within the organization, the alignment around the agenda of the CEO, vision, values, objectives, and measures. And I want to understand how people feel about certain things so I can get a better sense of what the alignment is in the organization, what the consistency is around that agenda, philosophical differences, obstacles, resource, resource constraints around objectives that we're setting and implementing. So when I'm doing that, I'm doing two things. I am going out and talking to people and getting their insights and information around the agenda. I'm also building relationships with people and getting to know them better as I am acknowledging and appreciating and trying to understand their point of view and what they're telling me. So that's another key thing that we can do. And for that research project as well, that's going to be part of the agenda of the CEO booklet where I've got a research protocol built up and questions built based upon some standardized research objectives. Again, you can take that, use it for your own 100-day uh, plans. And then fourth, I'm going to be using the cognitive apprenticeship approach. This is a method of mentoring and coaching to transfer, transfer tacit, implicit information from an expert to the student. And that involves mentoring, coaching, fading and scaffolding, articulation, reflection, and exploration. And so I can be using that with my partner 
Now, if my partner isn't an expert on the cognitive apprenticeship approach, I can be integrating this within my working relationship with my partner and teaching them and, and helping them to be a better coach and mentor using the cognitive apprenticeship approach. As that's being done, my partner can then use some of these methods in a more expansive way as they mentor and coach their direct reports. And then their direct reports can use the same methodologies with their people. So five years from now, hopefully, everybody in the organization is really focused in using the cognitive apprenticeship approach. So that's a nice way to embed new techniques, new learnings within an organization. So I have four things. I've got the CEO interview on their agenda where I have an interview protocol and guided questions. I have the shadowing of the CEO methodology. I have the agenda alignment research project using qualitative interviews. And I have the cognitive apprenticeship approach. I have four methodologies I can use within the first 100 days to um, get up to speed, to immerse myself in the organization, to learn, and to really propel myself to be a more effective chief of staff. Now, as we talked about this, out of that initial conversations I'm having with my partner are going to come specific objectives and, and goals for the first you know, 90 days, the first 100 days. And those things can be revolving around OKRs, for example, and implementing them. It can be around proxy work. It can be around some advisory or strategy objectives that we have. It could be around some scheduling, scheduling prioritization and strategy and advisory. And as I'm looking at these things, and my partner ha has given me specific objectives that we want me to get done, I'm basically building out my own OKRs, right? I'm thinking of here's the objectives, here's how I'm measuring them, and then each week as I'm meeting with my partner to talk about shadowing, for example, I'm updating them, obviously, on where we're at against these key objectives, where we need to adjust, where resource constraints are or issues, our obstacles, and how we're going to address those. So I have a plan of action where I'm measuring things, I'm looking at the results, and I'm adjusting, while at the same time balancing that with my immersion and learning techniques and methodologies to get up to speed within the organization. We talked about this on the, on the Shadowing of the CEO podcast. It, over time, things evolve. It, when I'm shadowing, Earlier on, I'm doing more observation, and as time goes by, I'm doing more participation and less observation, but I'm still shadowing my partner. And the same thing happens here, too, in this balance. When I'm starting off, earlier on, I'm probably doing more immersion and learning. I'm taking actions on specific things that I can. So, for example, I can implement OKRs within the organization because I have great knowledge of how OKRs work. I have knowledge around project management, stakeholder analysis, organizational change, and so I can start to implement OKRs within the organization even though I'm still learning a great deal about my partner in the organization. So there's specific things that we can be doing to take actions and getting results while balancing that against our learning and accelerated immersion techniques. So Balance is key, and those are the things that we want to do there. Now, let's get on to positive behaviors. Positive behaviors that build trust, 
build psychological safety, and then build inspiration and motivation can all be done as part of who we are every day within the role of chief of staff. So I'm gonna talk about the specific behaviors that we can be using here to build trust, to build psychological safety, and to build inspiration and motivation through transformational leadership behaviors. Before I get into this, you have to understand, and I think we all do, that different organizations have different values. If I'm going into an organization that has, um, that values social dominance theory, for example, and be, has behaviors and modes of conduct that demonstrate that people in the organization value that, then if I am behaving in ways that promote psychological safety, I'm probably not gonna be successful. See, we have to really understand what our organization's values are in terms of how we behave. Now, for me personally, I would not work at an organization that doesn't value the ideas of psychological safety. Um, that's just my personal choice. But let's walk through um, the different sets of behaviors here that build trust, build psychological safety, and build inspiration and motivation. So first of all, I want to work on trusting behaviors. And we know from the Horse and Rider podcast, we talked about how you build a foundation of trust with your partner. And there's three dimensions of trust we talked about. There's cognitive trust, there's affective trust, and then there's behavioral trust. Cognitive trust has to do with competence, reliability, and integrity in terms of how we behave. I'm competent and I have knowledge and I get things done so someone will trust me. Effective trust has to do with benevolence. My partner, people within the organization I work with, believe that I want what's best for them. I care about them. I'm not just here to collect a paycheck and to achieve things and, and then run off somewhere. I'm here because I want my partner to achieve great things because I care about their, their welfare and their vision and what they want to get done and I believe in that vision. So that's effective trust. And then behavioral trust has to do with congruency in our behaviors and our body language and how we conduct ourselves. If I am not using attentive listening and attentive speaking and I'm not using open and accessible body language, people will be less likely to trust me. So I wanna have congruent body language that uh, embodies this and aligns with my other behaviors. So I wanna build trusting relationships with my partner, with my partner's team, with the organization as I'm going through this first 100 days. Secondly, I wanna be behaving in ways that promote psychological safety. Uh, we know from the psychological safety podcast that we did that organizations and teams that have higher levels of psychological safety are higher performing teams. And if you think about it, it makes sense. If people within the team don't feel they can give their input, if they feel they're not heard, if they feel it's not safe to be heard, they're going to suppress themselves and not be team players. And that impacts the performance of the team. So I can do four key things in psychological safety, and we talked about this on the podcast. I can behave in manners that make me accessible, open body language and, and so forth. Number two, I can be inviting input. So when I'm starting on the job, if I do a weekly management by walking around exercise, talk with people, I have open and accessible body language, I invite their input, I'm going to be promoting psychological safety. Number three, 
I want to model openness, and this all has to do with open and accessible body language behaviors, how I handle people visiting me and phone calls. Those, those are things I can do to model openness. And finally, practice fields and simulations. We know the 747 pilot doesn't just get a booklet and say, you know, take it up and fly after you've read it. They practice, they do simulations. We can do the same thing within any organization and practice fields and simulations reduce uncertainty. They gain confidence because we're simulating and going through things. And there's different ways we can use that, those techniques. And finally, we can use transformational leadership methods. Now we know transformational organizations, learning organizations, as Peter Senge talks about, are much more able to adapt and pivot quickly um, based upon external shocks to the system. So if we're a transformational leader, we're much more likely to be building a transformational organization and if we're learning and immersing ourselves in things and coaching and mentoring others, we're much more likely to be a learning organization. And those two types of organization, the research shows, are much more adaptable, can pivot much more quickly. So transformational leadership, and we did a podcast on this as well, has to do with idealized influence and charisma and how you behave has to do with inspirational motivation. That's sharing and articulating that shared vision. And that comes from understanding our partner's vision and how they articulate it, how they think about it. That's why we want to have deep, keen knowledge about it. This also involves intellectual stimulation. It means I take risk, I challenge old ways of thinking, I'm demonstrating this to people so they get a sense for that. And then finally, I have idealized consideration. This is all about coaching and mentoring and consideration. We want to build self-efficacy in people. We want to build knowledge and expertise so that people believe they can achieve things and get things done because that increases goal commitment. So I can do these four behaviors, trusting behaviors, behaviors that increase psychological safety, and transformational leadership behaviors. I can do all three of those as I'm implementing my first 100-day plan. And of course, there's other behaviors we can do. We can exercise proper judgment and so on, and we can have organizational skills. But these are three kind of major ones. And these are all done in parallel to our 100-day plan of actions and results and immersion and learning. As we're doing these things then, one of the key other aspects to this is we want to make sure we're tracking our results and promoting and publicizing them as appropriate. So I'm meeting with my partner each week, we're going through the objectives, we're going through the measures and where we're at. We're taking time to celebrate our successes because that gives us greater confidence. And to the organization, we want to make sure we're showing progress against our objectives so we're building confidence, we're building momentum and motivation in the organization and decreasing uncertainty. And there we have it, um, our plan of action for the first 100 days, which takes us back to the beginning. And in the beginning is that time for the most delicate care that we take to make sure the balances are correct. And if we have a nice plan that's holistically thought about, one that gives us both 
immersion in learning and sustainability in the long run and build a transformational learning organization and on the other hand has a bias for action so we can build wins and momentum and get results and implement the agenda of our partner we are setting ourselves up to be a much more successful chief of staff so i want to thank you again for listening to this episode of parminio